is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Coach Chiesa coming up here shortly. We'll ask uh, Coach what he thinks uh, about how the Utah Jazz are playing and certainly what happened last night in Denver and uh, the Jazz getting ready for the Detroit Pistons coming up tomorrow. Um, that game's going to tip off at 8 o'clock, so we've got a late one uh, tomorrow, Gordon, but uh, right here at Vivian Arena. Yeah, I'm looking forward to see how the Jazz rebound from what happened uh, yesterday. Yeah, I'm curious to see uh, Blake Griffin because the first time we saw Blake Griffin this year, he he looked like a shell of his former self. But then last week, uh, he dialed back the clock and uh, really took it to the Lakers. So I wonder what kind of performance we're going to get from him. But let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now, of course, longtime Utah Jazz assistant, Long time in the league. He's our good friend, Coach Gordy Chiesa. What's going on, Coach? Guys, I'm doing well. Thank you. Oh, I love I love that uh, we're coming in with Redbone. I love that's a thing. Coach. I love Redbone. 1974, Jake. Amazing song. See, this you. is the thing. This is the thing I appreciate about Gordy. I mean, he he knows his music, man. He knows he not just the old time stuff, the new time stuff as well. I mean, Gordy, it's impressive. I thank you. I should have been studying. I could have been an accountant <laughs> instead of being a basketball coach. Yikes. Well, then we would, uh, wouldn't have one of the great basketball minds, Coach. No, we thank be talking you. But to speaking you right of now. minds, it's interesting about the, the Denver Nuggets yesterday because they had a mindset where they refused to lose, and they started the game out early with uh, unbelievable play. And the Jazz, unfortunately, they didn't have that edge, which they always had during that 11-game winning streak. And with the... Nikolai Jokic, his brilliance just took over the game from the start and just carried over throughout. So let me ask about that, Gordy, because is it because these players are human? Or what causes a team to come out loose on defense the way the Jazz did, lacking intensity, not playing up to the standard that they'd set? Human behavior. Now, the coaching staff prepared the team um, excellent. But what happens, though, there's a mental letdown. And, by the way, the other guys don't cooperate. So, remember, two weeks ago on that Sunday, the Jazz won a hellacious game in Denver, 109-105, where the Jazz were the, had the edge throughout the game. And so the Nuggets are coming off a loss to Spurs the Jazz coming off an easy win, and now the 11-game winning streak, let's all meet in, in my house city, and that was all part of it. But Jokic, to his credit, he was less pass-happy. Usually he, he's always gets a, he flirts in a triple-double all the time. But yesterday he only, only had those five assists. But it's how he's got his points where he was absolutely determined that he was going to uh, have his will as far as uh, any the Jazz defensive players. They started bogey on him. They, he slid into the post, and he tried to they called knockoff defense to Jazz when suddenly Rudy t- took him. They let her on, it was Rudy. They let her on, it was Derek Favors. And so whoever guarding him, Jokic had that cadence dribble, and he was able to uh, uh, navigate and make plays and shots. Have we ever seen a big man like Jokic? Does he have a, a historical comparison? Well, I, I, Dirk Nowitzki, that's who he plays like. Dirk was seven foot also. 
Now, Dirk was a, a, a much more accomplished suit, a shooter. Not that uh, Jokic is not. He is. But Dirk had more of a fluidity to his game. But both these guys were seven foot. And, Jake, the learning point about this is that the European influence, where the European players are they're positionless, truly, where seven footers play uh, outside and sometimes small, smaller players play in the mid block, but they all play all around game. And in the 1992 Olympics, which is the original dream team, that's when it took off as far as uh, – global basketball with highly skilled European players. They used to say about European kids that they're finesse slash soft, but that's not true. The last 10 years led by Mano Ginobili, she said the last 20 years, that that is absolutely not true. Mano from Argentina, but Jokic from Serbia and Dirk from, uh, from, uh, from uh, Germany and, um, and, and, and uh, Dantic from Slovenia. So, Gordy, in, moving forward, what can Rudy Gobert, what can Derek Favors do to contain uh, – they can't stop him, I get that. But what can they do to keep him from going off like that? What you want to do is for – you have to have a mindset now. So when uh, Jokic, which is really a skilled player, he's a footwork player, when he's out on perimeter and he dribbles hands off or fake dribbles hands off, you've got to uh, have a, a perimeter um, defensive stance. So here's the question, Gordon and Jake. You, we're, we're asking somebody that's seven foot that used to elevating not to uh, bend their knees and get that flick hand. A flick hand means that for every dribble Jokic takes on perimeter, we call that, that hop dribble, you should have one short flick hand flicking at his ball to slow down his cadence dribble so that he really can't see the floor all the time. So every, one bounce, a flick. Two bounces, two flicks, etc., etc. And then even better, can you imagine this, Jake and Gordon, where you start the game and you pick Jokic's pocket off the dribble, and now for the next maybe quarter and a half, he's less uh, active and more protective on that bounce. So we, uh, we talked this for years about when you start a game, you've got to be up into the offensive lead score and take away his dribble to make him absolutely um, less aggressive and then suddenly your, your hand quickness takes over on perimeter. Coach Chiesa with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coach, uh, Rudy and Mike Conley have developed a nice pick-and-roll uh, relationship, and they're playing together pretty much all the time. Quinn Snyder has had them on the floor together. How hard is it to develop – uh, that type of chemistry. Should we be surprised that it didn't work right away with those two, that it just needed time? Needs time, absolutely. And just add to that, Joe Ingles, that guy has given Rudy more passes than, than, uh, than anybody in, in jazz basketball. So Joe also is involved in that group. Now, with, with, with Michael uh, Conley, uh, Rudy sets the screen. Uh, we call it peekaboo where you peek over your shoulder and you see in the coverage, is your defensive player up in the coverage or is center field? Most times they're center field, so Rudy's got to navigate and get that quick roll, and then he tries to seal off and, or the lob pass. So it's a timing, like any situation, whether it's the NFL or the NBA, when you're a receiver catching the ball, there's a timing issue. And so Mike Conley's learning when Rudy's peaks and he starts making that timely cut to the basket. He's hitting him in stride versus hitting him flat-footed that Rudy's got to elevate. Joe Ingles had done that from the beginning, so it's not even Mitchell. It just takes time. 
Gordy, I know Quinn likes that ball to move around and take those three-point shots when they're available. How do you feel, that said, how do you feel about Rudy Gobert and Derek Favors being on the floor together at the same time? It just hasn't happened much. Well, there's value to it. In other words, there absolutely is value, you know, where you just can't paint the uh, canvas with one broad stroke. There'll be certain games where you might have to play uh, a Two bigs, not all the time, but some of the time. So, for example, I heard Jake mention about Blake Griffin, who uh, has been up and down year. He originally played well the last uh, 10 days or so. So Blake Griffin's really um, a big guy that wants to play some of the time outside. And the center is um, Mason Plumley. So maybe in tomorrow night's game, it's possible to play those two bigs for, say, um, for 12 to, 12, 12 to 14 minutes a game, not in a row, but during the game, to match up with them. Or do you always match up, try to match up down, and force the other team to, um, to play against you? Let's not forget, though, the Jazz are first in the NBA in overall rebounding. So the narrative, you cannot say that the Jets are getting pounded on the boards because they're number one overall and they're third, in, third as far as uh, in offensive rebounding. So despite uh, with only one big man, you know, most of the time, the Jets are doing a great job as far as rebounding by committee. Coach Chiesa is with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We just saw the Mavericks, uh, Coach, and they, they ran into a red-hot Jazz team, there's no doubt, but uh, they have kind of underperformed this year. What's going on in Dallas? Yeah, they're disarray. Well, the first thing, Jake, they're less than the NBA in three-point shooting. So as the Jazz are, the Jazz are third in the NBA as far as accuracy behind the Clippers and the Nets, 39.9. The Mavericks are 32.4 from threes. And so, and that set them back. Przingis doesn't want to bang. No, I, again, uh, he's a finesse player coming off an injury, but he's absolutely uh, passive on the floor. So he's got to figure out mentally, uh, he's got to get more involved. And more involved means what? Shot blocking, physicality, getting chased down rebounds, uh, not relying only on uh, shooting that. Um, a flat-footed three-point shot. And so Dodgers is still playing at a high level, but their defense has slipped and their three-point shooting is absolutely wobbly. Gordy, uh, oftentimes when Quinn Snyder is asked about uh, how good the Jazz offense has been, he's talked about the defense. Will you color in between the lines there about the relationship one with the other? Is it as simple as creating fast break points? What? What? Why does defense have such a huge effect on the offense? Because I noticed in that first half yesterday, that was a big problem for the Jazz. The defensive intensity, like we talked about, wasn't there, and it seemed to hurt the Jazz at the other end. Very much also. So it's absolutely in lockstep. So often in most, most games, whether it's a – whether it's grammar school, high school, JC, or a big bad NBA, your defense sets up your offense versus your offense setting up your defense, the intensity. In other words, when you play active defense, I can't explain it, Jake. It's like Murphy's Law. I'm not that smart. But when you play intense defense in a stance, the ball always finds you offensively. I can't explain it, Jake, but it happens. And so the, when the Jazz are locked in defensively, and most times they are, they shoot spectacular, and a ball's hopping on perimeter. Unfortunately, in the Denver yesterday, it wasn't. So, Gordon, there's a direct correlation between active defense and, and ball movement. Let's not forget, though, the Jazz right now are fifth in the NBA in overall uh, defense as far as contesting shots. 
So if they can test shots, meaning as a second jumper on perimeter, only good things happen. But yesterday, Jokic, he, he was absolutely surgical of how he played the game offensively. Coach, I understand you have a very timely list for us today. Yes, I do, Jake. This list today is in honor of, uh, of our favorite Aussie with a swag, Joe Ingles. It is the Utah Jazz franchise career leaders in made three-point shots as a member of the Jazz. So you have to play for the Jazz X amount of years to be on this list. So the career leaders. All right, top ten. And let's not forget Jake and Gordon. For the listeners right now on 1280 of the zone, in case you are wondering, the corner three, Jake, is how many feet? What is the corner three? 22-10. Yikes. I'm glad we're not, you're not part of NASA because we've gone <laughs> to the wrong planet. <laughs> Yikes. I'm glad I'm not in with you, Gordon Munson, and the spaceship. All right, 22. 22, correct. How about Jakey? How about the arc extended three? Uh, I'm not sure, Coach. A little further. 23-9. I, I love it. 23-9. Well said. And just in case, this is the 41st year of the NBA three. And it started in 1979 slash 2020. My math's correct. This is the 40, 41st year. All right, here we go. All right, number nine tied in the top ten. There's two lefties on this list. Here's one of the lefties, Rodney Hood, and number nine, Jeff Hornacek. Gordon, I used to love when Harvard said, horny for three. I used to love when he said that all the time. With 439 made threes. Number eight. His nickname was D. Will with 511, Darren Williams. Number seven, Craig Bolajak, our colleague, used to call him all-time money with 517 career threes. He's the best shooting big in Utah, Utah Jazz folklore, Mehmet Okor. Number six, his nickname, Jakey, is Dr. Duncanstein. He's when I coached him, his three-point shot, I used to call it a moon ball. It was this incredible arc three where Gordon, the shot started on Monday, and it got there on Tuesday to the rim. <laughs> I remember. He, he made 530 May threes, no other than Daryl Griffin. A number five, nickname was B. Russ. Which this guy was at Long Beach State back in 93 in that draft where he was really an inside player, slasher, driver. To his credit, he developed himself into a really a, a terrific three-point shooter. He made 540 May threes, Brian Russell. All right, number four, we're going to see him play tomorrow night. He will, be, he will definitely all, he'll be the all-time leader in jazz folklore as far as May threes. He's only 24 years old. His nickname is Spider. He's already made 609 threes in basically three years and a quarter, no other than Donovan Mitchell. Uh, number three, played for the Jazz for seven years. He made 689 threes, Gordon Hayward. Uh, number two, Jake, this guy, we used to beg him to shoot more because when every shot, it always went in, whether regular season or playoffs. He made 845 threes, John Stockton, and number one on the list, the Aussie with a, sw a swag. He's right now a 169th all-time in career NBA history, made three-point shots. He's first in the Jazz franchise at 848. He makes two tomorrow night. He's going to surpass Sam Perkins on that list versus Detroit, no other than our own 
Joe Ingles. Thus, that's my list of Korea Jazz made threes. So I have a question about that, Gordy. If Jeff Hornacek had played the game today for Quinn Snyder on this team, how many threes would that guy really have? He would have uh, he'd be, um, like Stephen Curry type over over um, two thousand and five hundred, because he was an absolutely incredible shooter, and he he made them all. And he had footwork, and a lot of times with three point shooters, besides the confidence, but it starts with footwork and how you catch the ball. So he had this innate ability, Gordon, when the ball was passed to him, he really had his, his hands, fingers gripping that ball in, in motion, and he just catch and fire versus catch, hole, and then shoot. It still might go in, but it goes in dramatically more as far as accuracy when uh, catch and fire. So the so, Jeff Hornets so so last year was, um, for the Jazz was uh, 2,000. So he retired age 37. He retired when he was playing bone-on-bone on, bone on his knees. So uh, just one follow-up question on it. If, if everything else were equal, the same number of games playing a, a, as a jazz player, and you had to pick one guy who you thought was the most accurate shooter of them all, which one? Of the, what name goes to the top? Mehmet Okor. Wow. And the reason why, because most bigs have a hard time, Elias, uh, yesterday against uh, Nikolai Jokic, where bigs have a hard time making a shot as far as guarding. And so if you're bigs in coverage, so I come up on a high pick and roll on a dance dribble, and then the defense is sort of not confused, but they're a little bit slow recovery. I throw back to Mehmet Okor. When his feet are set, he can knock it down. So whenever a big is a knockdown shooter, it's absolutely advantageous especially if you're, the dribbler is pass-happy and is willing to pass the ball to you on time, on target. I would lean towards Mehmet Okor with Joe Ingles, uh, two, and Jeff Hornacek right behind him. There you go. Well, Coach, uh, we appreciate you. Thanks for dropping by. Thanks, guys. Peace out. <laughs> there you go. The great Coach Gordy Chiesa with us here on The Big Show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Did that order surprise you, that last three? Um... I might put Donovan on there. The way he's making catch and shoot threes. You obviously don't. You're fishing for a Jeff Hornacek answer. No, I, I just wondered. I, I don't have an answer. I don't have the correct answer. I just wondered what you thought. Um. Well, I don't think Joe Ingles is going to hold that record for very for very long. Donovan's the fastest player to 600 threes in the in league history. It's pretty amazing. His efficiency is uh, is not quite as high, right? Um, well, I mean, you know, Locke. Uh, when we talked to him on Wednesday, he can give you the exact statistics. But Donovan right now is like the best catch and shoot three shooter in the league. Oh, that's that's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that's pretty uh, efficient. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just stress now. And back in the day, I mean. Uh, Jerry Sloan was a layup first coach. I mean, and you talk with Jeff Hornacek about it, and, you know, he was like the the third option at almost every turn. And I, I just think if you give that guy the green light to play in modern basketball and to have that shot stressed and as significant as it is in today's game, I, I just think Jeff Hornacek, uh, his shot was a thing of beauty. 
All right, we'll get to Drop of the Day coming up right around the corner, but let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now our friend Matt Harrison from Lone Depot, and uh, we're helping our listeners today with some pretty life-changing stuff if this is a good fit. Right, Matt? Let's uh, talk a little bit about reverse mortgages. Yeah, no, it's been a lot of fun today. We've covered so many different topics. Uh, and for those of you that haven't been on, first of all, shame on you. You need to be listening <laughs> to the zone more often. Right. But, uh, <laughs> but there, you know, there's going to be a lot of resources you can go back on. Um, but I wanted to touch on something that I think is really important to all of us. You know, as I, as I look at, at the, you know, my, my aging parents, um, you know, one of the things that, that came about for us as children is, is saying, okay, as as our dad gets older, you know, is, is everything going to be okay as far as housing, um, as far as income? You know, we kind of go through those boxes to check, uh, you know, to make sure that everything will be. And, um, you know, we, we decided to kind of give him the green light to, to go ahead and get a, a reverse mortgage. And he, he actually went in opposite direction for most. He didn't downsize. He actually used the program to purchase and build his dream home. And, uh, you know, had it, you know, with a pool, had it big enough and, and designed it so that if he ever needed to have care brought to him, he could really age in place. And, and he didn't want to, to move and, and go, you know, somewhere that wasn't familiar to him. And, um, and so he was able to, to build his dream house and, and he doesn't have to make, you know, that principal or interest payment and, you know, didn't have to bring in, you know, the, uh, the total amount of money that would be required for a cash uh, payment on a house completely. And, and now we know that he's taken care of and, and my stepmom is taken care of too. And so that's a really, really big uh, key for us. And is it, uh, you know, is it hard to qualify? No, it's a great question. So, um, here's your here's your qualification list. It's really pretty simple. At least one of you has to be 62 or older, if you're you know if you're married. Um, you need to either have a substantial equity position in your home, or own your home free and clear. Or if you're wanting to buy something, you know have a good chunk of equity available to to purchase. Uh, the home that you buy has to be a primary residence. So unfortunately, you can't use this program for a second home or an investment property. Um, and then we have HUD counseling that's that's required as well, guys, that kind of goes through and makes sure that you understand that, you know, hey, this, this reverse mortgage, yes, you don't have to make principal or interest payments, but you still need to pay property taxes. You still need to pay insurance. You still need to uh, pay HOA if that's applicable and maintain the property. But as long as you do those things, things are great. All right, so how do you find out more about the program? And we've talked about this. I'm giving out my cell phone. I'm also giving a free book on reverse mortgages for anyone who would like it. It's 801-330-2200. Again, 801-330-2200. Or my website has a ton of videos that go through all of the information that we've covered today. And that's reverseourhome.com. Again, reverseourhome.com. Thank you very much, Matt. We appreciate you. Okay, thanks, guys. That's our friend Matt Harrison with Loan Depot. If you're interested, it's his cell, 801-330-2200, or go to uh, his website. He's got a bunch of great videos up there, reverseourhome.com. That's reverseourhome.com. More next. Drop of the day coming at you straight ahead here on The Big Show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. If you missed yesterday's uh, sounds uh, uh, of various uh, clips, then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it?
show. Time for Drop of the Day, also known as Sounds of Various Clips. Brought to you today by our friends at Jimmy F- Jimmy's Flowers. Valentine's Day is coming up. It's coming up quick. We're already in February. And uh, Jimmy's wants to help you out because, of course, flowers make the perfect gift. Get on it uh, while the selection is still great. Uh, Jimmy's Flowers, you can get them delivered. Uh, they have locations in Ogden, Layton, and Bountiful. Also, Jimmy'sFlowers.com. That's Jimmy's Flowers. All right, uh, you ready for today's uh, Sounds of Various Clips, Gordon? Sure am. Uh, this comes from uh, Saturday Night Live, where, what's his name, John Krasinski? Am I pronouncing that correctly? The guy, That's, I think so. The guy who played Jim on The Office uh, was yeah. the host. And actually, just last night, I watched episode one of the Jack Ryan on uh, on Amazon Prime. Austin, have you watched that at all? I haven't, but uh, I hear he's really good in it. I thought, the, I've only seen one episode, so, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a veteran here, but I thought it was really good. Really? Because he doesn't come across as the macho type. Well, but if you think about it, Jack Ryan, that character, isn't necessarily the macho type. He's like an analyst. He finds himself... I was Although trying, he's gotten himself really jacked for that role. Yeah. Well, I, I was trying to describe the Jack Ryan character to my wife last night as we as we started watching it. She's like, is he some 007? And I was like, no, he's kind of a nerdy analyst who finds himself in a lot of 007 situations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like uh, Alec Baldwin right. was the original... Yes. Right on uh, Hunt, Hunt for Red, Red October. October. And right. then they went with this Harrison Terminator Ford. look. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was a, a little bit different. But the, but as I read, when I first read The Hunt for Red October, you, you picture this guy who was, he was a Marine, but he was also, he's also a, you know, Dr. Ryan, right? Who, right. You, so anyway, I, who, I thought who, it was who good. Else, who else has played that role? Uh, ben Affleck is the other one. And Harrison Ford. And Harrison Ford, yeah. Okay. The Ben Affleck right. movie was not good. I didn't see it. I don't know if it wasn't good because it was Ben Affleck or it just wasn't a good movie, but it, it wasn't terrific. I don't like Ben Affleck. Either. But I was I was surprised. I, I thought uh, in the first episode anyway, Krasinski made a pretty good Jack Ryan. Uh, but uh, he, he's a very he's a very likable. I mean, he he can come across very likable in his roles, can he not? Well, I've only seen him in two roles. So <laughs> I saw him in another movie. I think it was him, wasn't he? In uh, it's complicated. Is that, was that, is that was with his... Robin Williams as the, the preacher and he's marrying no, Mandy Moore? No. no, the one I was thinking of, it had uh, Meryl Streep in it and uh, Steve Martin and Alec Baldwin. I haven't seen it. Uh, he did a rom-com where he was engaged to be married to Mandy Moore, but they had to go through some kind of crash marriage course with her preacher from her childhood, which was Robin Williams. It was not good. All right. Anyway, he was sorry, in some Jake. football movie too. Oh, Leatherheads. Yeah. yeah. Which oh, was for he in Leatherheads? season three, I think, of The Office, he had to wear a wig because he was shooting that movie where he had to shave his head. Really? So wow. that mop hair look in The Office is not his real hair in one of the seasons. How about that? Wow. The more you All know. Right. All right. Well, anyway, he uh, apparently uh, they they wrote him some lyrics to the Office theme song. Scranton, 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 Scranton. That's where we all live and work. That's a calculator. There's Dwight. He's the bad guy. And the hero's name is Jim Highlight. That's his girlfriend. That guy's on the phone. Ty flip. Then there's me again. And Corel does the trophy thing. All right. Not bad. The trophy thing. <laughs> Carell does the trophy thing. Yeah. yeah. The office. That's funny. 
Have you when seen first, the, at least the opening sequence to The Office, Gordon? You know what that's talking about there? Yes, yes, I have. I When I first started watching it, because I was, again, behind behind the curve there a little bit. By uh, about a decade. Twelve years yeah. or so. <laughs> but I started watching it, like, last year or something. And at first I, I didn't like it, but as time went on, I, I liked it more, and I found myself laughing more. You, uh, you know a little more uh, unknown facts and little known facts about The Office and John Krasinski, Jake and Gordon? The yeah, opening but- scene there, the theme song with all the footage of Scranton, mm-hmm. John Krasinski actually shot that footage. Mm. After he got the role, he and a bunch of buddies made a trip out to Scranton, and he interviewed actual paper company employees in Scranton and made all that vid- video footage that they then used as the open to the show. I'll be- Roll. Right. Yeah. I thought you were going to hit me with the why would anyone possibly care about No, this no, thing. that's an interesting factoid. It's not, but I know it. And well, I'll think of it now next time I see it. Also, uh, there's a there's the episode where uh, I think it's the season three opener, four opener, where uh, Michael hits Meredith with his car. Which could be the funniest opening scene in the history of television. <laughs> and she's got this, so unbelievable. this pelvic cast. Yeah. And she asks Jim to sign it. And Jin, or John Krasinski accidentally signed John Krasinski on the cast. And no one noticed. And it's in the, you can clearly read John Krasinski instead of Wait, Jim Halpert. Wait, did he do it on purpose? He claims trying. it was on accident. Yeah. By accident? <sighs> okay, safety patrol. By accident. Michael's talking to the camera. Swirly. And then all of a I'm sudden, it right now. it's Meredith. <laughs> Austin, you are really. Uh, uh, there's no, there's one, no one more facts. annoying than grammar police. You no, knew what just, I was talking about, Grandma. You know, just, just let me talk. You it, did it not compute what I said. You knew what I meant by uh, that. No, no it, it, it's by accident. You know, I just it's okay. I mean, it's not. I'm not criticizing. I'm just. I'll say it how I want to say it. But um, it's amazing how many facts you know about the show. Yeah. Austin's a fan. He's been a fan for a long time. I, I I understand that. Now. About the production, please. All right, <laughs> a show is is life. Who, who's your favorite character on the show? Because I said the other day, and you guys got all mad at me that I really didn't like Dwight that much. Who, who's your favorite character? Creed. Creed is pretty amazing. <laughs> okay. It was the '60s. You know, a guy could have been. Uh, what is his? <laughs> Never mind. Okay. That's a line there. Yeah. There, was, there was a lot of mud. I live by the quarry. We should go down there and throw things down there. <laughs> Maybe the funniest line he ever had was uh, when he won the the mini fridge at the poker night, and they presented it to him. He's like, thanks. I've never had a fridge before. Was that the poker night or was that the casino night? What was that? Am I getting those mixed up? They were playing poker at the casino night. It's the okay. same All episode, right. yeah. Oh, by the way, Larry Tassoni, Megaplex Theaters, corrected me, and he's right. He didn't get ripped for Jack Ryan. He got ripped for the Benghazi movie 13 Hours. That's the one. Krasinski. He was in that? Oh, yeah. He was the main. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the main character? So he's, yep. he, he's kind of a hot, uh, hot actor in Hollywood these days, huh? Married to Emily Blunt. That's a very powerful, uh, a talented, attractive couple right there. They made uh, a quiet place and a quiet place two together as well. Wow. She Anywho, was, she impressive. was in that. Uh, it was on accident though that they met. So. Well, well, by accident. Yeah. She was in that train. You're gonna have an accident. She was in that train movie <laughs> where the book was so much better than the movie. Emily she Blunt. was Wasn't in that her? Mystery on the Orient Express. No, no, no. The the other one. Gone Girl. 
no, God, now I even read the book, and now I can't think of the train movie where uh, she's uh, may have witnessed a murder or whatever. But Isn't she's that a, Gone Girl? She's an alcoholic. No. Oh, now I'm going to have to look it up. Are you Thanks sure? Thanks a lot, Austin. All right, we'll <laughs> no, have more no, next. No, Stay tuned. Big Show, 97.5 <laughs> and 1280 The Zone. You're locked on to The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your Monday. Jake, I read a report uh, just a while back that said that the Rams apparently made a run at Aaron Rodgers, but the Packers told them to uh, pound sand. Well, there's another interesting one. We're talking about these quarterbacks and uh, whether or not they want to be where they're currently under contract. Matt Stafford made his way out, obviously, and the big Jared Goff trade. We talked about that earlier today. I I will be curious to see if any more – franchise quarterbacks move the more and more i think about it the more i'm convincing myself that it's it's not deshaun watson will be with the texans next year and aaron Rodgers will be with the packers do you think that uh quarterbacks though that being said do you believe the quarterbacks are more powerful slash more valuable now than they've ever been before yeah probably because the game has evolved to make them more important indeed um but I, I know that the NFL does not <clears throat> want to turn into the NBA when it comes to players leveraging their way uh, to get what they want. I mean, it's never been a league that's operated that way, and I, I bet they're pretty sensitive about it. Hmm. Well, we'll see if they'll be able to maintain that because it's if they really get a talented quarterback who has proven how good he is and how good he can be and what he can do for your team, if, if he ever really does have a – uh, digs his heels in completely and has an attitude like, hey, don't bother. Get me out of here because I am not going to play well for you. I, I, you know, we'll see if that becomes any kind of trend. This is the only league, keep in mind, that has it legislated in that you cannot go anywhere. The the team with the franchise option, I mean, it's still it's still like the baseball before free agency. You know what I mean? I mean, they can force you to stay. They don't want to give up that that kind of leverage. The NBA is, has tried to, you know, dance around this this subject uh, for what uh, twenty five years now, Gordon, since the lockout, right? But how 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 valuable is a quarterback who has essentially told your franchise, "Stick it, I'm a, I don't I don't want to play for you. I don't want to be here. Trade me." But now it's about principle, not value. I, I, that, yeah, but that's easier said than than to have to live through. Well, well, that's why I'm so curious to see how this goes. Yeah, I think it sounds to me like Texans are going to the mat. That they're yeah. just they're just not going to be forced to do anything that they don't want to do. I just don't know what that's going to look like, and maybe that's happened before in the past, and it hasn't really been made public. Oh, it happened to uh, Le'Veon Bell. How many years ago was that? Yeah, but Two, I'm talking three? about a I'm talking about a star quarterback. I mean, a star quarterback. Earlier, you said Deshaun Watson was one of the two or three best quarterbacks in the NFL. Correct. Yes. But so, we have seen disgruntled players play. I mean, das, Dak Prescott probably wasn't really wild about getting franchised this year, but he went out there and did it. Yeah. 
We yeah, saw I, that. I, we saw that know. from Kirk Cousins two years in a row with Washington. We've seen. I mean, so many franchise I'm not sure players. He, I'm, yeah, but play I'm not sure he's he's at the same level of what we're talking about with the Deshaun Watson and a. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers. Well, my point is, you're asking whether or not uh, a dis- uh, what it's like to to have a disgruntled player go out there and play. Right. And I'm telling you, we've seen that a bunch of times, and we've seen disgruntled players still go out and play really well. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, they did sign a contract. I, I get that, but sometimes circumstances change. I, I, I'm really lost on this one, Jake, because I don't I don't know how I feel about it. Because sometimes players are mistreated, or at least they think they are. And so I understand you sign the contract, you got to live up to your contract. But on the other hand, if you do that under a certain idea that things are going to be a certain way and then then all those things change, then, uh, you know, I, I have some empathy for that. I would have more empathy or sympathy or whatever uh, if uh, if he didn't sign it last year. Yeah. He just signed the contract. I mean, it's one thing if you sign a big deal and then, you know, a couple of years, a couple, three years into it, all of a sudden, you know, maybe the franchise in your mind didn't live up to its end of the bargain. But, mm-hmm. I mean, he signed it last year. Yeah. And and if people want to th- uh, sort of transport that to our situation living in this particular market, think about Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell signing these uh, lasting contracts and then, you know, next year suddenly – things change that that would be frustrating for the fan base as i'm sure it is in houston right well yeah the i mean the fan base is on team watson it's the it's the franchise that's getting barbecued by the fan base <laughs> and sometimes that's the case you know sometimes yeah sometimes the franchise doesn't get blamed i and again getting back to what we talked about with tom brady i don't know I don't know where that that line was drawn between all oh, the franchise screwed this up. They, it was their fault that they lost Tom, not Tom's fault for walking. Well, I mean, think about it. The the Texans won a game in the playoffs last year. You know, I mean, one year where you take a step back for a variety of reasons during a very unique season. I mean, I I think they've got that Jack Easterby, the guy who's running the show there in the front office. I think that's their major problem. I really yeah. do. It seems to me that he's the one who's made all these just horrendous decisions, and maybe that's maybe that's it. Maybe he's lost faith in the front office. But it just seems crazy after just one season. You just signed a five year deal, one season where it doesn't go your way, and I realize that it went badly. But I mean, it's the NFL where you can put together a playoff team in one off season. Yeah. Yeah. Jake, I have one last little tidbit to pass along before we get over to Matt. Okay. You know what tomorrow is? February 2nd. It's Groundhog Day. Is it Groundhog Day tomorrow? What's his name? Punxsutawney Phil. Will he or will he not predict an early uh, early warm weather or will we have a long winter? What's uh, other than the Bill Murray movie, anything to do with Groundhog Day, I'd rather listen to the history of piano building yeah, on the radio. I'm with you. I'll, I'll pass to you. What, what was the Bill Murray, what was that line where he's like, I remember when we used to pull the groundhog out of the hole and eat it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. 
All right, let's get out to the zone. <laughs> Joining us now, we've we've thrown some nice transitions, Matt's way. Matt Harris, two Bill Murray movies today again. Oh, with so Love great, Bebo. guys! I love it. This has been so much fun, and and yeah, awesome, awesome movie. And I guess the question is not if we're going to have more winter. Is are we going to have a winter at all? Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> well, we do need the the moisture. It has been quite dry around here. Oh, we need it. Yeah, yeah we for need sure. That. Well, I want to open up this segment, guys, with, with just questions for you. Obviously, we've been talking reverse mortgages, and we've been going through it. And I want to open it up to both you, Jake, and Gordon. And Austin, if you have a question um, on what we've talked about, if there's anything that, that you want to learn more about. Oh, I, I guess I, I have a question. Is this something people can kind of plan into their retirement? Absolutely. Yeah, and, and a lot of financial planners are actually moving forward with this as a part of the retirement plan. So if you think about it, you have different buckets of money that you are kind of planning on as you get closer to retirement. Or for those of us that are not quite there yet, that hopefully we've been planning on. So you've got, you know, 401ks. You know, you've got potentially, you know, whole life insurance policies. You've got Social Security, you know, for those of us that have the ability to have a pension. Each one of those buckets is going to provide you with income, you know, as you get older. Um, the other bucket that is being talked about more and more is the reverse bucket. So being able to look at your home and look at the equity that's there and being able to draw on money strategically when it's needed. So I have a question, Matt, uh, and we talk straight on this show, so this is a straight question. I've heard an awful lot of really positive things about doing this. Is there any, do you ever advise someone not to do it? Yes, absolutely. And, and it would be the same advice that I would give someone that is looking at doing a forward mortgage. You know, are you, do you plan on living in this property for more than a couple of years? You know, the cost to do any mortgage is going to be, you know, upfront. And, you know, if you're looking at, at say, you know, doing this on the home that you're in, or you're looking at buying a home, but maybe you're not going to live in it for more than a couple of years, then the cost to actually initiate the mortgage, it really doesn't pencil. But aside from that, Gordon, it is hard to find a, um, you know, a reason to not look at this very seriously as a part of your retirement plan. Well, Matt, I love things that free people up to live life. You know, and it sounds like some of the things that you've said would facilitate that. Yeah, it really does. I mean, again, I, I like to think about your home as a golden nugget. OK, this golden nugget, it, it's great. It's there. You spent your lifetime improving it and making it shiny and wonderful. But you can't take a piece of this golden nugget down to, you know, the local grocery store and buy groceries with it. No different than you can't take a brick off the side of your house and go barter for it. You're not going to get very much for that. And so your asset, which is your home, um, is is there. It's money. It's available to you if you provide a means to be able to access it. And the reverse mortgage program is one of those amazing ways to do it and do it in a way that is really advantageous. And I think it's super cool, Matt. Uh, you know, you're you're providing a lot of information for people. You're making it available. You're giving them out books. You're giving out your cell phone. I mean, you're really trying to help folks and make a good decision. Yeah, and again, I, I'm not in the business of selling loans. I'm really not. I, I I help manage people's mortgages, and you know, this is a program that really does help people in so many different ways. 
And so for all the listeners out there, whether you're 62 or not, all of us have parents, you know, possibly that are there and at that range. Um, you know, those of us that are 62, I mean, look at your financial position. Would you benefit from having a little bit of extra money per month? Um, you know, when you look at your parents, is this something that, you know, would make you feel better about their position? Um, and, and if so, give me a ring, you know, or, you know, my cell phone, again, 801-330-2200. My website is reverseourhome.com. And, you know, again, I, I'm here to help and to go through and answer any of the questions that you might have. Matt, I remember when I was 62 back in the 90s. Nice. <laughs> a little bit of a little I like that was good Gordon a little self-deprecation very nice uh hey Matt thank you for for jumping on with us today we appreciate it thanks for helping our listeners thank you appreciate you guys take- all right there you go that's our friend Matt Harrison with Lone Depot uh give him a call find out uh get more information you can shoot him a text as well this is his cell phone 801-330-2200 801-330-2200 or go to uh reverseourhome.com All right, we'll have more Big Show coming up. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Matt Harrison, loan consultant, NMLS ID 1425580, cell number 801-330-2200, 6985 Union Park Center, South Suite 625, Cottonwood Heights, Utah 84047, LoanDepot.com, LLC, NMLS ID 174457, licensed as a DRE mortgage entity, number 8144239, equal housing opportunity lender. A reverse mortgage is a loan and may result in a negative equity. The loan must be paid off when the last borrower or eligible non-borrower surviving spouse dies, sells the home, permanently moves out, or does not comply with the loan's terms. Materials are not from HUD or FHA and were not approved by HUD, FHA, or a government agency. If you are in any doubt as to the suitability of a product or service that you are intending to purchase or any aspect of your personal finances, we recommend that you seek independent financial advice first. Rates, terms, and availability of programs are subject to change without notice. To find a reverse mortgage counselor near you, call 800-569-4287. Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon, another Monday comes and goes. Another Monday, but we laughed a lot today. Yeah, we, we laughed a lot. We did yeah, have a lot was... of laughs. You might have ruined your marriage, which isn't really funny, <laughs> but you know, if you guys no. if you guys pull through, then maybe we can look back on it and laugh. Are you kidding me? It's been nothing but marital bliss for uh, four decades now. It sure it's... has been. Yeah, has been. The past tense. <laughs> Okay, so I may have stubbed my toe a little today. Oh, I'd say. Did I break my foot? Maybe. I don't know. I didn't mean it. But my wife heard it the first time, and uh, my daughter sent along a a message that said, Mom says what you said is blank, a word I can't say on the air. So uh, I've not seen her since I said that. So I'll let you know how that goes. But I, I think it'll be all right. You know, because my reservoir, my marital reservoir is rather deep. So, uh, you know, if I make a mistake, I just, okay, take a bucket out of it and oh, I'll work it through. Well, I wouldn't anticipate her having dinner prepared for you after the show. <laughs> I'm on my own, am I? Oh, man. And, and, and you think the couch tonight might be mine? If I were her, I'd, I'd cut you off from just about everything after today's show. 
And uh, oh. what started this whole thing is that all the gifts at your house come from you, is what you claim. <laughs> it's going to be a lot more gifts needing to be coming from you pretty soon. The only <laughs> gifts you're going to be getting. And that's the thing, because my wife buying her stuff doesn't really work. It's more attitudinal. It's more how you're thinking and behaving as opposed to this. So I'm not going to be able to buy. Is she more of a giver than a receiver? Uh, yes. Yes, she is. But but she will receive uh, as long as it's uh, the, the the gift is proper. You know, I mean, I just can't go out and buy her flowers necessarily or a car or something and bring it home and say here this will make it better now with her it's it runs a little deeper than that and i and i know that i just had one weak moment during the show and it happened to you know hundreds of thousands of people happen to hear it so i mean if i were you i'd get get myself up to jimmy's uh, yeah, Jimmy's is the one place because I, Jake, you and I have both bought flowers there for our wives, and uh, has has that has that ever not gone over well? Oh no, Jimmy's one works one hundred percent of the time. Yeah, I will agree with that. All right, Gordon, well, uh, you uh, find a way to enjoy your evening, buddy. I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah, please do. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow on the big show, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone.